so Friday night, I decided that I needed to just kind of get out. It was work was just annoying all week and it was a long week and I just needed to get out more than just, you know, going to a park or going, you know, outside or whatever. So I decided I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to go for a drive and I'm going to get some pizza. Okay. So I headed up to New Buffalo. For the pizza? For pizza. (laughs) That's hardcore. I like that. That is... (laughs) That is wanting a pizza. <laughs> so, and, and, uh, well, I was, I actually, I, I had to go to my dad's house first, but you know, New Buffalo is like 40 miles beyond my dad's house, you know, because of the, you know, directions or whatever. So, right. um, so I could have just gone to my dad's house, but when I was there, I was like, you know what? I need more time out. I need to just, I'm going to get some pizza. So I, I went up there and I placed the order for the pizza. I, I got, I was like, I'm, I'm up here. I drove this way. I'm not, even though it's just me, I'm not going to buy small. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't come all this way for a little bit of pizza. So, so I ordered an extra large pizza now. Okay. Before I get to the pizza, I got up to new Buffalo and on a, okay. It's not summer yet, but it's, it's more, it's nice enough or close enough to summer that most people probably, a lot of people would have made plans to go up there this weekend, you know, cause it's like, it's May and it, maybe it's going to be nice weather and like almost the beginning of the season and whatever. So I would have expected it to be pretty busy on a normal, like mother's day weekend or whatever. I went up there. It was like the middle of winter in a snowstorm. Really? Like, nothing happening. Nothing happening. And like none of the little shops were open and like, of course, like I know that's exactly what it should have been. That's exactly what you would expect with everything that's going on. Right. But with it just being, you know, somewhat nice out and sunny and, you know, big, like the, the waves on the lake were great and it was just nice and clear. Um, But one thing I noticed is that they're doing work on the, on the uh, railroad crossing there in town. So it's like all torn up and you can't even get over it. So I thought like, it's perfect for that. The pandemic's going on now. Cause like, it's a perfect time to fix the railroad crossing. Cause nobody's going there anyway. So, but um, the other thing that I noticed is I was there not around sunset. It was before sunset, but you know, have you ever been there when you can see Chicago across the lake? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like usually when I, when I've seen it, you can only see like the four biggest buildings of Chicago, you know? Right. And right. even then it's like, you're kind of straining a little bit to see it. Well, Friday night, you could see like crystal clear, like almost the entire skyline. Really? It was crazy. I took a picture of it with my phone, but you can't really, you can't really Mm -hmm. tell like what you're looking at. But, and I wonder if it has something to do with like fewer cars and fewer, you know, lower factory production and all of that. Like maybe there's just less air pollution. Like I've read about in like India and all these other places, you know, maybe we're getting a little bit of that here too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Little break, Uh, maybe little less, light pollute like um um you were there uh at what time it was before sunset oh, so okay, okay i was up there at like 6 30 or 7 oh, i got you I okay. so um you know the sun was still rather high up in the sky so i could i could look across the lake and not be looking mm-hmm. into the sun so right it was uh and, and part of it might have had to do with the, the fact that it was a little bit windy and it's always a little clearer when it's windy because all that pollution gets blown out or whatever. But um, it, it, it was awesome. Uh, other than being a ghost town, it was, it was cool to be up there and get away for a little bit. Right. Um, I got this pizza and they just do like the curbside delivery. And he brings it out and I'm like, you know, I drove 45 miles for this. So I'm really happy to get it. He's like, Holy cow, that's a long way. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. and 
So I pull away and I'm thinking, okay, I cannot wait to eat this pizza. So I go to grab a slice. It's too hot to eat. Uh I leave the pizza box open. I let it cool off. Within minutes, I'm like chowing on a piece of pizza. I'm like, okay, that'll hold me till I get home. By the time I got home, I had eaten six pieces of pizza. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Why not? I mean, I mean, it's, no, I really love, uh, cold pizza but when it's fresh like right out of the oven it's fucking awesome too so yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, after a 45 mile drive or whatever or 45 minute drive out it's gonna be not as fresh so absolutely right right so and then so then i got home and then i polished off a couple more pieces mm-hmm. i had like 75 percent almost 75 percent of the pizza gone uh-huh. that night of, of an extra large pizza and, and did you feel okay afterwards uh i mean like did you feel happier than before you went up there yeah, I mean, right. physically, physically, I felt okay. Right, and like, the part of me that wanted pizza felt like very satisfied. Uh-huh. But the part of me that worries about eating three quarters of a pizza was not happy at all. Right. Well, I, that's a rarity, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So then I spent, you know, the rest of the weekend trying to counteract the three quarters of a pizza I had by, you know not eating so i hopefully like canceling it out a little bit although i did finish the last part of the pizza yesterday so there you uh, go and and oh it's if my my kids and i were talking about this last week if you could choose one food that would have zero calories what would you choose and my son brian and i both thought that we might choose pizza Mm mm-hmm but then I thought, well, if you want to go real hardcore, then just choose sugar because then that includes a lot of things, you know. Right. Do you have a Do you have a food in mind that you would just gorge on if you could? Well, probably like two foods, really. I mean, it would be a fight between pizza and potato chips. Oh yeah, potato chips. Yeah, so that's a tough. I would, I would probably say pizza, because I there's, I uh, that would fill me up. I could totally eat like three bags of chips, and I'm still hungry. So right, that's I like it might not have calories then, but uh, yeah, it's uh. A lot of it, fat and salt. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I, my, my, my son Brian and I both said pizza or ice cream, and I came down on the side of pizza because there's nothing like pizza, you right. know. Like, yeah, ice cream is unique, but I can have cookies and be just as happy as I am if I had ice cream. Yeah, or cheesecake or something you know, but like, there's no substitute for pizza in my mind. Yeah. So I, I think I would, I would choose pizza too. And I would just, then maybe I could actually get to like all the pizza places, like in the area that I want to try, you know, like, cause there's tons of them that I've never even been to. And I always, Oh yeah. Because, you know, you only eat pizza every so often and you want to eat something that you're, you know, you're going to like. So you don't want to take the chance of eating crap. Right. Um, do you ever eat John's pizza in Munster? I've had it. I've had it once, I think, okay. but I don't remember it. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's, that's awesome. They have the the um, crumbled sausage. It's, it's just really, really tasty. The crust is really awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, I would is recommend that. Your- that. Is that your go-to place? Uh, it's either that or the Aurelio's on uh, 30 in Cherville. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really like that one. I'm a big House of Pizza fan also. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah. I was a Gelsosimos fan, but now they closed the one that was that was right. Here, yeah, so. yeah, that one was tasty as well. Yeah, and Giuseppe's—that's a different kind of pizza, but the yeah, that one the Giuseppe's is awesome. Yeah, Borgia yeah. has good pizza also. It's oh, do they? Kind of like thinner, kind of like Giuseppe's, but it's um maybe the same style, but. Borgia might be a little crisper, um, okay. but yeah, I'm both of them are excellent. So, well, now I want pizza again. So. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I'll, I'll hold off. <laughs> um, so last night I watched Jerry Seinfeld has a new Netflix special. Okay. I I've never watched him do stand up before, except for like I've 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 seen him somewhere like on the Tonight Show or something mm-hmm. or like just a few minutes, but I've never watched a full special of his. And it was it was I liked it. It was I mean it was it was pretty up or down, but it mm-hmm. there were some of it was was good, and he had unique perspectives on a lot of it. But um, he he made this point like near the beginning where he was talking about how everybody, you know, everybody there has a relationship with him and they know him in some way, you know, from the show or from, you know, he's been around a long time. And he said, if you were me. okay, and, And so then he made the point about like, you know, he could be anywhere in the world right now. He's got lots of money. He can, you know, he doesn't have a job. He can do whatever he wants. He could be anywhere in the world right now. But he chose to be wherever, Radio City Music Hall or wherever they were doing it, in New York City doing that special. Mm-hmm. He said, I know what you're thinking. If you were me, would you be doing this right now? And he said that it's his favorite place to be is on stage. And I wonder it would be easy to say like, you know, the dude's got hundreds of millions of dollars, but like, it's almost when you get to that point mm-hmm. that it doesn't even matter. Like the money doesn't even matter anymore. Right. Like, oh you yeah. It and you, you have to find something else. And like the only thing that you can do is like do that, the work that, that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And I thought I, I used to think about the same thing with Bill Gates about like, why doesn't that guy just like go live on a beach somewhere? But like, he's probably done that so much that like all he can do now is work, you know, right. you have to have something that drives you. Yeah. Well, well I, well, um, that reminds me of um, that Rollins spoken word we were at in, uh, in 19 or 2001 or mm, no i think it was 1998 was it okay 13th 1998 yes yes because um um it was on his birthday right was his birthday and then he mentioned that he was looking at a calendar and his manager asked him where he wanted to be and he said uh i want to be in chicago like that yeah and yeah i mean i think no he's not jerry seinfeld rich but i mean right there are people that just they're happy to be doing what they're doing right and and i think like comedians fascinate me i think like so i'm not real privy on jerry seinfeld's uh stand up either i mean i mean i haven't ever watched him at all except the parts and seinfeld when he was on stage so oh right Mm -hmm. so and and i don't know if he took a took some time off he, after the show ended and then he did stand up like years after that or yeah no i'm not sure i 
to my my memory tells me that that he just got back into it like 10 years ago but i could be wrong no you're right you're right so and there are other people out there like that is like um you know eddie murphy pops to mind he fucking didn't do stand up for what 25 years or whatever it was and he had that special last year yeah and um no, I think Steve Martin and Martin Short did that as well. And I, so, which brings me back to kind of what Jerry Seinfeld said. If he likes to be doing that so much, then why did it take him so long? And then how often is he doing it? Or did he like have to come up with material for like it's just fascinating how comedians like uh especially today i think it to me it's different than hearing or being being at a concert you are expecting to hear certain songs and you don't care if they sing the same song in a city the evening evening before you want to hear that same song but like if a and um that can be posted on youtube and social media blah 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 but with a comedian like one one they have to do they have a bunch of material and switch it out on a nightly basis or do they run through the set and say hey don't record this don't fucking post it don't talk like no it's fascinating yeah so i've been i listened to this wtf podcast and i have been for the past seven or eight or nine years and so the I, i i i i forgot and I don't know how I forgot this, but I like it, like one of those like suppressed memories or something. But it, it came to me, it's, it has come to me more and more the past couple of years about how much I used to love watching comedy when I was a kid. And stand-up comedy on Comedy Central and on, um, th- have we talked about this or not? Does um, it sound familiar? I don't know. Kind of, but I'm, talk about it anyway. But like, like I, I remember watching um, Caroline's Comedy Hour on A and E that was hosted by Rosie O'Donnell before she was famous, and I would record all of these comedy um, specials off of like Showtime and HBO, like Paul Provenza and Emo Phillips and Richard Jenny and Judy Tenuta and like all of these comedians, and um, I would watch, you know sets on Comedy Central and I remember seeing Tim Allen do comedy like years before Home Improvement. Oh yeah. And all of these things. And then like just at some point I just stopped watching it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I started listening to WTF again and they would mention people and I would be like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. Oh, I remember Tommy Davidson. Oh, I remember Brian Regan and like all of these people. And so to like now hear interviews with them or like Carol Leifer, like she was this big comedian in the late eighties that I liked a lot. And she went on to write on Seinfeld and she's still around doing stuff. And, um, but just to have, just to like, remember how much I loved comedy then. And so listening to the WTF podcast and how much they talk about it. So the way it works is they're doing the same set night in and night out, like almost word for word. Okay. Because that's what they're trying. That's like the art of it is trying to like get a joke to work. Like, okay, if you move this word here, or if you say this slightly different, or if you pause for a beat longer or, and that's like the challenge of it is trying to create things, create it. So it, it works like that. And it used to be like before YouTube and everything, that was no problem. Mm-hmm. But now, YouTube, it can be problematic if people record things and right. then post them. 
and that's why like some comedy clubs won't let you record or they, you know, comedians will like throw a fit if, if they see people recording because you don't want people to go to your show and, you know, know what the show is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to see Craig, uh, not Kilborn, Craig Ferguson, who used to host the late, late show. I saw him in Hammond in like 2012 or something. And the show was awesome. And then like a couple months later, I saw his special on Comedy Central. And I was like, it's the same show. And that was like right when I started listening to to WTF. So I didn't realize that they just do the same show all the time. And I thought I thought like Craig Kilborn was ripping people off by doing the same show. But that's what they do. It's just the same show night after night after night. But then when they record a special then a lot of them will just scrap all that material and come up with new material oh okay and um, to to be able to do an hour a year to come up with an hour of material a year is like insanely productive most people try to do like an hour every two or three years so um but like with this Jerry Seinfeld thing, I was watching it last night and he has this joke about pop tarts mm-hmm. and about how it's this whole bit about how they were invented in the sixties. And like, it was like this thing from like, like the space program and, you know, it really just like blew his mind. And, and as he's saying it, I'm like, I remember, I remember reading something about him writing this joke and so, and it seemed like it was like quite a few years ago that I had read about this. So I went back and I looked and I knew it was in the New York Times. And I found this, the article that I was thinking of was from 2012. Okay. And it talked about how Jerry Seinfeld's very disciplined. He writes every single day. When he's writing, he writes every single day. And most comedians don't do that and they don't have the discipline to like actually sit down and craft jokes. Like Mark, when Mark Marin is doing comedy, he doesn't even write anything. He just goes up there and talks and then just builds, builds it over time by just going up there and talking. But with, um, but this Seinfeld joke, the New York times did an article about it in 2012. And now seven or eight years later, I don't know when this was recorded. Like, he's finally doing the joke and it's like, what have you been doing this? Like, have you been running this joke hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times to finally get it how you wanted it? Right. I, it's kind of like a song almost. Right. Yeah. And even in the article, they talked to, he talked about how, you know, just, um, you know, moving a word here or moving a word there. And like, instead of saying like, you know, it blew your head off. It, it like blew my mind when, when this, when they, when they released pop tarts. And instead of saying that, like it blew the back of my head off and like, he would try like, okay, which is funnier, which is going to get more of a reaction. Right. So it's, and like, you know, you see a comedian and it, and it seems like they're just up there talking and like maybe it's effortless or whatever, but really they've put in time and delivered these same jokes hundreds of times mm-hmm. to be able to figure out what works best. Right. It's, it, it's really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I was, um, uh, I can't remember where I heard an interview with Jerry Seinfeld and and it was in the last couple of years, but he'll go to these like little clubs to test material out and then edit and like go back and change it based on reaction. And yeah, 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 it's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I listened to um, an interview. It was an old interview from 2011 on WTF with Chris Rock and Mark Marin was saying like how he he's been at like the comedy store in LA when Chris Rock will start working on new material and he'll come in, Chris Rock will come in and just say the material, not like perform it in his voice, not like do the Chris Rock character, you know, every, cause like that's all a character. He's just, he's playing Chris Rock, right? but like 
he'll he'll get up there with no inflection, no like fanciness, and just say the jokes, just to hear how people react to them. Really, and build off of that, and you know sometimes it'll be like you know it'll be unannounced, it'll be in the middle of a night. A, a night of comedy, like twelve thirty in the morning, and they'll just be like, "All right, here's Chris Rock," and Chris Rock will go up and do like ten minutes, <laughs> which it just has to be awesome, you right. know. But and he just released a comedy special a few months ago, and and I watched his like last week or the week before, and he talks about how he got divorced and how he always cheated on his wife and how he was addicted to porn and like all of this stuff. And it, it really like, like he made it funny, mm-hmm. but as you're watching it, you're just like, man, this guy has, this guy has gone through some shit and this is how he's dealing with it. Right. You know, like by making jokes out of it has helped him deal with it. And like, he's through on the other side of it and everything, but it, I don't know. It's just, it's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I, and it makes me want to watch because after Seinfeld, I watched um, this comedian Chris D'Elia has uh, a new special out, and I watched his too. And I'd never watched his stuff before, and he was really good too. So Netflix releases a ton of them, so I'm looking forward to watching more. Um, all right, well, that, that's a lot more on comedy than I had planned. <laughs> Obviously, I can get going about it. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I read this article about canned versus frozen versus fresh vegetables. Oh, that's that's an age-old argument. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, especially like canned and frozen. I'm sure people, there's no argument whether... Uh, fresh is better I'm sure well they were looking at it from a nutritional perspective Mm -hmm. and a lot of it depends on what vegetable you're looking at Mm -hmm. because some of them like vitamin C breaks down really quickly but vitamins A and E don't break down as quickly and So for some, it's actually a little bit better. They gave the example of peas. Peas can be harvested and cleaned and blanched and frozen and packaged within two hours of coming off the plant. And freezing, like, stops the breaking down of the nutrients. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas like a fresh pea might take days and days to get to the market. So a frozen pea probably actually has more nutrients than a fresh pea. Okay. And like, the one thing that they said is like canned fruit is clearly inferior or canned vegetables is clearly inferior when it comes to nutrition because the process of canning has to increase the temperature so much that it begins to break down the nutrients in the food. So like from a nutritional perspective, it's for sure canning is the worst, but they said that like, that doesn't matter to a lot of people and it's still better. Oh. And then the other part of that is that a lot of the, a lot of those canned vegetables have a lot of salt so that, you know, people obviously want to watch their intake on that too. But, um, and they said it like it won't matter to a lot of people because they're just used to canned vegetables and that's what they like. That's what we always had growing up was canned vegetables. Yeah, we had um, frozen and then then later on it was a lot of canned. I mean, yeah. and for me it was at whatever my mom made, I was going to eat it. So right. <laughs> right. it really fucking matter to me, but I mean, I think I you know I've been out of the, the canned vegetables for so long. I probably 
uh, maybe I wouldn't like it now, but then, I don't know. I tend to just eat and whatever. <laughs> right. I mean, well, well, like, I had to, if, uh, I had a choice. I'm going to eat, like, fresh green beans over canned green beans. Uh, except in, like, green bean casserole. Right. So, because like canned green beans, just they're just I don't know. They've there's a word like funk, okay. But if you like serve me hominy, I really won't know whether it's fucking canned or fresh. So, right. Yeah. Well, all we ate when I was a kid was corn and green beans because that's all my dad would eat. So, Mm -hmm. like. Had canned corn and canned green beans, and that was it. Right. And I haven't had canned either in a long time, but I can still picture like canned green beans. Mm-hmm. And I almost bought some at the store today because, <laughs> like, they have. A, I don't. I don't know if it's a funk. I wouldn't, but it's it's a very like distinct thing about them that I do like a lot. And like, I just have this picture in my mind, I think maybe the last time I had canned green beans, like I just ate them straight out of the can. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure part of it is just like, it reminds me of childhood or whatever. Sure. But like, I don't know. I, I don't eat them regularly, but I can see the desire for canned green beans and canned corn. Like it's pretty crunchy. Yeah. Did you eat canned corn? I remember just always like how crunchy canned corn was and I loved it. Yeah, we no, like I said we had m- mostly frozen and then for I don't at like some time my mom was buying uh canned corn and beans and I mean to me it was fine. Um yeah. and then once again I mean, I don't think I've made canned corn in a while. Well, like, honestly, when I have corn, it's from a cob or. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot of that now. So. Yeah. Yeah. I do use frozen corn for Mm. like when I make burrito bowls or something and I want. And I'm cooking it and, you know, it's not even really cooking it. It's just throwing it in the pan and, you know, heating it up at the end or whatever. Right. But, um, man, I love some good corn. That's for sure. And did you, did you guys ever eat creamed corn? No. Like, that was a big, like, not even talked about. Like, like, (laughs) creamed corn apparently was a was a huge like no-no so yeah I, um i don't think i had it until maybe i had it in some random recipe or something that called for it i don't know i i've eaten it before yeah. like in the last like 10 years five years i don't know and i mean I, it's you know, fine with me yeah, I, I I just remember like as a kid, whenever creamed corn would show up at the table, like nobody liked it. Mm-hmm. And I, like maybe my mom must have liked it or something. And she's the one that did the cooking. So probably every now and then she was just like, I'm going to serve something I like. Right. But like all of us kids threw a fit about it. And like, I'm pretty sure my dad probably wouldn't, didn't even eat it. You know, right. he's eat something if he doesn't want to. But um I haven't had creamed corn in ages. Like, you should pick it up, man. Have yeah, I'm gonna. Oh man, I'm I, I'm gonna make a menu addition to. <laughs> I know what I'm cooking the next couple nights. I think I'm gonna have like serve some creamed corn and see how my kids react. <laughs> um, what about spinach? Oh, we never had spinach when we were kids. Yes. So, so we would have the frozen Mm -hmm. um, spinach and the like block. Yeah. I fucking hated that shit so bad. 
it, it just did not taste good. And one day, my mom makes a uh, like a fresh spinach salad or, or or something. And I was young, and I'm eating it. I'm like, wow, this is really awesome. And she yeah. tells me it's the aim as the frozen. It's just froze. It's uh, not frozen. And and I'm like thinking like what are you talking about that that shit i usually eat so mushy and bad and what you're serving me now it's like so crunchy and good yeah, yeah. and you're like why if this is what it tastes like fresh why would you ever not eat it yeah fresh? right <laughs> yeah one of my one of my favorite restaurant moments of my life was when when subway introduced spinach to as a, as a <laughs> just like oh and even like, I love, I love spinach, like fresh spinach and cooking with it. And like, I love putting just like a crap load of spinach in a pan. And then like two minutes later, you can barely even see it. Like that stuff just cooks down so much. Right. It's, it's good. So we're recording a little earlier than we usually do. It's late in the afternoon, early evening. Are you drinking or no? I am not drinking. I'm just having a a Pepsi and some water. All right. Well, I, I'm trying what about to... you. <laughs> I, uh, I visited Brewfest again and had Evan pick a selection of things for me. And he chose, he said it's a sour, mm-hmm. but it doesn't like me. Is a size on and a sour the same? It's not right. No, right. Right. I mean, Saison's can get sour, but it's not a sour. Right. This is, um, what's the name of it? Cadence and Blues from Windmill Brewing in Dyer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Windmill has some good stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a blueberry. It's almost like a blueberry wheat, actually. Like, it's, it's not, it's... It's got a little bit of sourness, but really it's just that like weedy ale sourness. Mm. Like it's, um, it's, it's really good. I, I was a little hesitant when he said a sour, but I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll try it. And, um, it, it, when I think of sour, I think of like, you know, those apple sour drinks or whatever, you know, like just something really like tart or whatever but that's not what this is but yeah i will like sours have i mean they're very they can be uh acidic a little funky uh right yeah this doesn't have like any funkiness at all yeah it's really just kind of like a a blueberry wheat beer okay that is pretty good very nice Uh, and I did we talk about Q-tips before? I think we did. I think about so. My love for Q-tips. Yeah. Finally, finally got some at the store, so now I'm just like nonstop Q-tipping my ears. <laughs> it, it makes me so happy. <laughs> I can still hear, which is good. I haven't punctured an eardrum yet or anything. Um. All right. Were we done on vegetables? I think we were. Yeah. Um, I read this article about Millie Vanilli. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So, so what new info is out on Millie Vanilli? (laughs) What haven't they covered yet? (laughs) Yeah. No pun intended. I, yeah, I wish I could pull it up and see when the date on it was. Maybe it was, maybe it was just a republished article from a while ago. But um, it was talking about how um, the the question of whether they were in on the scam or whether they were victims of the scam, well, and. If you if you believe if you believe what they say, they were kind of just like unwitting victims, and like it was all this producer that you know um, 
kind of trapped them into doing it. So their story was that this producer called them and had them come into the studio and had them and had the music written already and had them record some tracks and then <laughs> released tracks that somebody else had already recorded and they had already been recorded before Millie Vanilli even went into the studio. And, but by then they hit, they were already in debt to the producer. So they had to like keep working to pay off the debt and it just blew up way more than anybody thought it was going to. Like even the producer didn't think it was going to be that big. He thought it was going to be like a genre specific, like maybe popular in that genre, but then it just like blew up way more than anybody thought it was going to. Right. And they just kind of like got past the point of no return and they just had to go along with it. Right. Which <laughs> is, they told this story and I vaguely remember this about like at a concert somewhere and like they were singing and the track like started skipping. Yeah. Kept repeating. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. that's, like, one, um, uh, that's when they were found out. Well, they said that they kept performing after that. Oh, they, like no. so one guy ran off stage, and um, because he didn't know what to do, and they, I guess they still did some shows after that. But then I can't remember what forced the producer to finally like hold a news conference and say, like, you know, this is this is <laughs> this is what happened. But like those. <sighs> I always wondered, you know, because they had won Grammy Awards and everything, mm -hmm. and, like, well, it was a big deal. Right. I, so, that's what... I don't know if I totally believe their version of it. I, I think they fucking knew what was happening. No, they might have been forced into it, but... I, whatever i wasn't there i don't know but i think they kind of went along with it and to get some cash and like oh okay this is working out but then right. when it explodes and you're winning grammys then you're like oh shit like what if we get fucking caught and it just like right. escalates and escalates i don't i don't think they were like you know you know they're painting painting it like they're fucking held hostage, which I highly doubt. Right. I mean, they both of them knew they couldn't fucking sing right off the bat. Okay, so it's not like it. It's not like they're for two. Like they claim that they're fucking Pavarotti's, then they go to record, and the producers like, "Oh shit, you guys suck." Well, hang on, we have this good idea. Right. I don't think it quite worked like that. I think they knew what was happening and and the funny thing is it's like it's they aren't the first people to lip sync. They aren't the last, okay? Right. While performing live, I think it's more accepted now, but who the fuck was at those concerts and didn't realize that they're not singing. Yeah. What are there yeah. 40,000 deaf people at these shows? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, like it is obvious. It's obvious when you're at a performance or even watching on TV that the person is or is not singing. And so why did it take a skipping record to like get busted? Right. That's what I always wonder because like, you know, when we go to a Pearl Jam show or when I've gone to, to see other, you know, Alanis Morissette or um, Liz Fair. Right. Or, anybody. Um, anybody. Yeah. Like if, if you know, you see, you know the songs on the CD, mm -hmm. but then, like, there's no way that they're going to perform the song exactly how it is on the CD. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe some songs will sound pretty close, right? But like, 
there's always a little bit extra put in or a little bit taken out or a little bit changed yeah. or something, you know? So if you're hearing something in it and it sounds exactly what you heard in right. your car, uh-huh. that's a surefire sign that like, they're just playing <laughs> CD. Right. You know? yeah. Like you it's yeah. I, and, I and, um, today they like make ex- uses for it that's why it's uh accepted well i mean the artist is 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 um dancing around and like can't is you know run out of of uh, airs so they have to have back backing tracks and vote and it's like okay well thanks for fucking justifying it but like yeah it's still yeah no and i don't i don't know i used to be really uh militant ab- about that and i mean i've kind of gotten over it because it, it just depends on what you're listening to okay right. so and and like how you want to be uh entertained so if, yeah um no i don't uh, i don't know i've not seen her sing live so but if like beyonce used some um tracks it wouldn't surprise me because of the activity she's doing i mean she's right. dancing around hey but i mean it's the it's part of her performance sure i mean if that entertains you that entertains you but i he and uh and to think like other other bands aren't using tracks no, I, I I think it's happening more often than than you realize. I there are many bands where you know the um, the rest of the band is like uh, singing like backup vocals, but those are fucking pre-recorded, right? So, yeah, but I mean. No, once again, you have to know. So, like, Motley Crew is known for using um, pre-recorded um, backup vocals on the choruses. Okay, well, I mean that they should be. You know, Vince Neil really should use them also because he can't fucking sing. But <laughs> like, it shouldn't shock people that the rest of the band is using pre-recorded shit because one it sounds too perfect on 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 all those oh and yeah and whatever baby parts and it's like well have you heard any of them fucking sing ever they they fucking can't so i mean it shouldn't surprise you yeah yeah i mean we're, we're we're getting some really timely uh references here with Millie Vanilli and Molly. yeah yeah <laughs> I know and when you were talking about um, you know the, the physical activity on the stage requiring backup vocals right. the first people that came to mind are for me were Britney Spears mm-hmm. and Michael Jackson neither of whom have, have performed in you know 15 years right right I, I don't know I guess Britney Spears probably performed you know somewhat more recently than that. But yeah, I mean, they're, you know, they're so active on stage. And I think that just goes to the, the question of, you know, what is a concert and, you mm-hmm. know, the differences in, you know, in some, like in some rock concerts, it's just, you're just there for the music right. and you're there for maybe a little, little bit of the antics, but not so much dancing, you know, whereas, you know, Michael Jackson or Britney Spears, like their dancing is a big part of the show, you know? Right. And it's all the music. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's all what you're into and how you want to be entertained. I think right. you and I are similar and we want to hear the musician perform. And that's it. No, I like the theatrics that certain bands bring. Uh, that's cool also. But if I want to see, I don't know, I, I, fucking Justin Timberlake, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to see him. But uh, if I wanted to, I would, would imagine I'm 
wanting to uh, see him dance more than sing. So, I mean, if he wasn't singing, fine, because that's not why I'm watching him. Right. Well, I went to the Taylor Swift concert um, a couple years ago, uh, June 1st, 2018, and um, at Soldier Field, and she was singing. Like, you could you could tell that she was singing. Mm-hmm. and But she has, like, very involved stage production too Mm -hmm. and like she's putting on a show and um you know i checking her set list like pearl jam does a different set list every night but taylor swift because she's doing a show she's doing pretty much the same set list every night right order everything because you know she knows i have to be at this part of the stage for this i'm going to fly over the audience for this i'm going to go to this remote stage in the middle of the audience for this but you know, as much as she was doing, you could tell that like she was she was legitimately singing, and I was I was pretty impressed with that because you know to be able to sing while also doing all of that other stuff is uh, pretty awesome. I think uh, another performer who 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 is very active and sings also is Pink. I mean, she's known for her vocals. I I couldn't fucking name a pink song if i was being held hostage but i from what i know and have heard she sings really well and she has she's a she's a performer also and so so i think it's awesome when you're able to pull off both yeah yeah pink is one of those people that just makes me feel old because like i know she the one I think she sang that song so what like ten or twelve years ago and that was like her first song and I was just shocked to know that like she's still doing stuff I was like Pink is doing and like people like her and like like oh man I'm just out of it but <laughs> whatever that's what happens when you turn forty two I guess right um, but yeah I well. I wish there were just any kind of concerts going on, you know, singing or otherwise right now. But Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no, I don't think we'll have a show this year. I mean, for anything, I mean, I would be really surprised, um, but, but I don't think it's happening. No, no, I don't think so. I saw um, MLB, released some report today about um, COVID-19 exposure and they found that like only a super tiny percentage of MLB staff had been exposed to it and nobody died from it. But like, I didn't read the article, but I kind of wondered like, what the hell was the point of that report? Like you guys all went home. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you're just saying like, okay, we made the right decision because none of us, you know, very few of us got sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. That was the whole point of it. So good job. So <laughs> yeah. when you start back up, you're all going to fucking catch it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That That's going to be, I don't know. But like the NBA and the NHL, like, have you heard anything about them? Like, I don't know if they're just giving up their season or what. At this point, it seems like they're going to have to. Right. From what I hear, and I, uh, I'm not real privy on the on um, hockey, but with basketball, you know, they they intend to finish the regular season and then start the postseason because there's. A, They've played, I think they're on game like 62 in the right or or 65 in the regular seasons. So there's only like 15 games left or whatever it is. And then they plan to play the playoffs. So, but like in the NBA, 15 games is like you know a month and a half because they only play a few days. To me, it, it doesn't make sense, but they're just talking of of uh, of backing in to next year because they've kind of already had kind of an off season, so they'll 
they've been off since mid-March. If they start back up, you know, the finals, like if they started back up in, say, like, I don't know, like June, yeah, then the finals would probably wrap up at the end of August, and then they would probably take maybe a few weeks off and then get back on it. And yeah, like uh, apparently, and once again, I'm not well versed, but there's been these this like push in recent years to like to start the regular season off at Christmas anyway. To they've been like certain owners like Mark Cuban have have been wanting this anyway. I don't know. I don't see like. With hockey, uh, uh, the fucking hockey playoffs last, I swear, they fucking last for like three months. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know how that will work, but, but to me, if any sport said, well, let's just skip it, it would probably be hockey, but I could be wrong. I mean, yeah. basketball, basketball can fucking just wrap shit up anyway. And so the issue, there are teams out there that want the regular season to end because of draft, because right. like uh, the Golden State Warriors are, 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 are fucking like 15 and 50. Okay, and it's uh, if the year ended, they would have the number one pick. So, right. so it's and then um, um, uh, one of their players, um, Steph Curry. I don't know if you know him or whatever, but he's one of their top top players who who was injured, but he's healthy now. So. Do you uh, okay. let him play? Like, do you risk him helping you win and him getting hurt in order to finish the regular season? So it's like, right. yeah, all these question marks. Is that why Golden State sucks so bad? Because well, well, so he got hurt this year, but then they lost. Um, Clay Thompson tore his ACL. Kevin oh, okay. Durant left. He he tore his ACL in the playoffs last year, but then signed a new contract, I think, with New Jersey, possibly. Oh, okay. So, like, three of their stars got hurt. So, I mean, they're not. But it's, you know, it's interesting because I think they were in the finals last year. And... I don't know. They won or lost. I think they lost, but uh, they won or lost. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like, so they've been one of the top teams for the last like five or six years. They're gonna suck one year. Get get the number one pick probably, and get Clay back and curry back and then they'll be awesome again (laughs) just one down year right yeah yes and like no no chicago team can like figure that out yeah how how to like here here you have a near dynasty type team who who was gonna reload off right off of uh one fucking bad year yeah, yeah yeah frustrating man it is it's so it's so amazing when teams it's amazing to me when team it seems like that happens in the nfl a lot too where you have a team that's like sucks 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 great 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 sucks great great you mm-hmm. know and it's just like so up and down and like the teams that are great this year might suck next year yeah i, th- I think in the nfl so so i kind of discount the nba for anything because of the ease of which you can get into the playoffs 
Oh, right. Yeah, there's so we many can fucking win 25 games and get to the goddamn playoffs. And people think that's some some kind of recent thing. No, that's been happening for, for fucking decades. Right. Um, but in in, uh, in the NFL, in, there's you do have this pattern for like years and years of of um, of uh, worst to first and then back down. I, it's right. just hard to hard to maintain that level for like a long time period, but. You know, that's through like poor management, really. Yeah, I think. So. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> and then you have like baseball, where you just have teams who never get good, and. Oh yeah. You know, struggle for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping uh, uh, that the Royals would have not let that happen again after going to to the world series in in back-to-back years yeah winning one of them then they're just like well okay we're we're okay for of uh, to be bad for 30 more years right. i mean it's it's weird and fucking pittsburgh pittsburgh yeah was climbing out of the cellar for fucking 20 years. They get pretty good in 13, 14 and 15. And I'm thinking, Oh, okay. They're, they've kind of got the formula. And then they're like, well, I mean, we're still not going to pay people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Royals to me, it was just like, so like, you know, they sucked for so long and then just to like make the world series and lose. And then the next year, like, I don't even know how they did it, you know, right. just like, how, how would you guys just all of a sudden like make the world series? And like, like the entire 2015 season for me was a blur. So I don't even remember, right. <laughs> I don't even remember the world series, but I can look back and be like, man, the cause they were my team. Like they, they were my first nine Cubs team. Cause I remember them in the 1985 world series, mm-hmm. George Brett, Brett Saberhagen. So I was all about that. So just to have them come back, I was just like, Oh God, it's so awesome. But now they're back to, you know, losing almost a hundred games mm-hmm. a year. It's just, yeah, it must be really frustrating for the serious Royals fans. Oh yeah, well, yeah, and 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 it's all like GMs and owners that. You now yeah. with baseball, it's infuriating because. No, no. At least with football, there's a cap on the salary, but m- most teams try to use every every dollar of that salary cap okay yeah now how they allocate the cash i mean no that's their issue in the nfl you usually end up paying two or three people to fucking uh, much and the rest of your team sucks okay that happens often but in but in baseball it is a it has become acceptable to have a fucking 50 million dollar payroll which i think is right. idiotic like they yeah. should put some kind of cap system in so it drives them to to spend more but baseball is one of those sports where it's a fucking owner's hobby they're just like well i mean i I have a baseball team. I really don't care if they're good or they like take baseball takes pride in being cheap and being way under some payroll, you know, keep it under a hundred million. And you know, that's like, like admirable, but why? I mean, you're going to suck for fucking 40 years because you're keeping your payroll down. That's, awesome for your fans who, who right. and i 
realize when you're talking talking sports and you're talking you know player contracts it's in the millions of dollars hundreds of millions i get it you know why i feel bad for them but you know when it comes to winning okay because that's why people watch that's why they go to games, spend money on tickets and mer- merchandise. They want to see their fucking team win, but I don't know. I'm a huge, huge proponent of these teams are franchises, okay? So what would you do if a franchise that you had was failing? You would go to the fucking owner and say, hey, you're fucking running this Burger King into the fucking tank. It fucking sucks. You're right. You're finished. Like, I wish sports fucking did that. Like, I wish wish baseball said, okay, if you don't make the playoffs four out of fucking ten years, we're taking your baseball team. You're just not doing it. Like, why do you have that? I mean, right, yeah. to me, it's just like a, it's some fucking hobby for m- most of these asshole owners. Yeah, yeah. They should give you a team. Fuck yeah, dude. Fucking give it to me. You're hired, <laughs> obviously. I mean, honestly, honestly, from in, I don't, I don't uh, care who fucking hears this. Give us the fucking revenue sources or whatever. You and I could fucking run a baseball team better than most of these fucks. It'd be fun to try. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll let you know if they call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if they don't, maybe we can start our own ice business. Right. I know. Well, um, that would be step one, okay? Let's hook up with Lang Ice. Let's take over, build a fortune, and then buy a baseball team. So You're going to build a fortune from ice? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I mean with a company like you know, you know, Lang Ice, where it's keeping this this Pepsi ice cold and I'm enjoying it and it's making my mouth and drink happy. Uh, yeah, we can become ice, ice uh, moguls and fucking buy a baseball team. <laughs> buy a fucking baseball team. <laughs> ice moguls. I like it. Yeah. Ice mogul, that sounds like some drink or something, you know? All right, there you I'll go. I'll have an ice mogul. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I think we've just invented something. I think so. There, something for your uh, for your cocktail bar. All right, man. Good to talk to you. You too, man. We'll, uh, we'll be back on Thursday for another episode. And... Um, until then, give us a give us a rating. Get tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell everybody to listen to us, and uh, we'll check you out on Friday. Thanks for listening on Thursday. Where'd Friday come from? Check you out on Thursday. Thanks for listening.